What are Amazon, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Berkshire Hathaway really hoping to do in healthcare? It's been more than a year since their unusual joint venture was announced, and since then we haven't heard much. Until now. Last week, the venture finally got a name, Haven, and the new company shared where it will focus in this $8 trillion industry. We also got our hands on 300 pages of recently unsealed court documents that are full of clues about their plans. Together, these developments give us the first real picture of how the companies plan to fix some very big problems in healthcare. Coming up on the show, we'll hear from two health tech entrepreneurs who tell us what they think these companies hope to accomplish. Welcome to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I'm reporter James Thorne. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at primera.com slash innovation. In the studio today, we have Ann Weiler, the CEO of WellPepper. Her company makes digital treatment plans for patients suffering from things like diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. We also have Robbie Cape, CEO and co-founder of 98.6, a startup that provides virtual primary care. Robbie and Ann, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's our pleasure to be here. We have three enormous companies. We've got Amazon, J.P. Morgan, Berkshire Hathaway, they spend around $4 billion a year on healthcare, And in some ways, their CEOs cast an even bigger shadow than the companies themselves. We have Jeff Bezos, Jamie Dimon, Warren Buffett. Do you think these leaders and these companies are better positioned than the healthcare industry itself to tackle these problems? Uh, I think there definitely are opportunities that you get by being outside of the problem. Um, so you can look at it in a different way, but they actually have enough skin in the game um, as healthcare costs for self-insured employers are taking larger and larger chunks of money they could be spending on R&D, money they could be spending to reward employees in different ways. You know, I'm an outsider, not anymore, but I came to this from outside and Robbie did as well. We were both at Microsoft um, in general, Tacnon and healthcare. And I think you can ask the questions that Others can't ask because you you question well, why is it done this way? Why have why has it been done this way for so long? You know these guys took the, took it to the extreme. They said we're going to fix this ourselves. Versus a lot of self insured employers actually work with health systems and say, you know, we want something different. They're working with the payers. They're working with providers directly. I don't know if you had to create this extra entity. The nice thing about it, though, is it's put everybody on notice. And so I think it's actually making people within the industry step up and say, uh-oh, you know, what are they up to? And we better figure out value-based, and we better figure out how to you know, deliver better care for lower costs. These are companies who have, have, have largely built, built themselves up um, on, on the values of unconstrained thinking. Um, and, you know, relentless improvement um, to absolutely critical values to, to solve this, this problem. And, and I think those values, whether those values were executed inside the industry or they're executed from, from sort of a perspective outside, and, and, and honestly, I don't actually view them as outsiders. Like, it's true that they're not, um, you know, they're not 
uh, payers, and they're clearly not a health system. Um, but in truth, you know, the self-insured employer is is a critical, critical part of the overarching ecosystem. You know, between them and the government, uh, they're paying, you know, most of the, uh, the, the vast majority of, you know, all the dollars that the United States spends on healthcare. By virtue of them coming together and executing that unconstrained thinking that we really need to see applied, um, I think that some of those hard, hard problems uh, can be fixed. Uh, and I, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing their ideas come forward. Um, I think they're going to be exciting, and um, I think they can be tectonic. Like, I think they can really cause change fast. Quick background on this part of our conversation. Part of what we know about Haven comes from court documents from a lawsuit brought by healthcare company Optum against a former employee who took a job with Haven. In a hearing, Haven's chief operating officer, Jack Stoddard, told the court what Haven hoped to do. Jack Stoddard, in his testimony, said that the employers are incredibly allergic to market inefficiencies, which I think is a, a great way to kind of sum up the, you know, their approach to business. But um, we also got a good glimpse into you know, some of the more specifics that they are going to try to address. They're looking at data. They're looking at primary care. They're looking at health insurance. They're looking at pharmacies. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised by those areas because I think, as you pointed out, there's synergies with the things each one of those businesses do or the philosophies of the business. And and certainly, you know, Amazon, I guess they hadn't bought PillPack at the time of the, you know, creation of this organization. But I think everybody has would like those kinds of efficiencies to show up the, you know, either the PillPack model or the Amazon, I'm going to deliver this to you right away. Um, at home. I had the flu actually at a conference in Orlando at HIMSS. I got the HIMSS flu and uh, trying to get my prescription for Tamiflu while I was there. I, like I needed a drone to come and deliver me the, the Tamiflu because I had to go to the, you know, I had to find a drugstore and I had to go there while I'm infecting everyone else. So, you know, coming back to things like efficiencies of care and data driven and knowing who wants what and where they want it and when they want it, you know, that that's what... I think Amazon has built their business on. Each of these CEOs have some very interesting value to bring. Certainly, Jamie Dimon uh, is deeply, deeply passionate um, about healthcare. Uh, he has been for a very long time. At least th- this is the sense that that I get by by reading everything that's in the press about him, um, and also hearing from some people who who um, who certainly have association with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. So, you know, I think that they have a, a, a lot to bring given their financial focus. Obviously, Berkshire with the number of companies that, uh, that they're invested in and the number of employees across those companies, um, you know, has, has deep interest. And Berkshire Hathaway happens to be an organization that, that consistently appears to just do the right thing. Uh, it's, it's quite amazing. Uh, and then Amazon brings this just just relentless need to to improve and um, and and change is just it's just part of their DNA. You know, as as I mentioned on on the last GeekWire podcast that we did, 
it's interesting that that scenario that that Anne just described, uh, which is a combination of both primary care and pharmacy, uh, where Amazon can certainly make an incredible difference. You know, with with ninety point six and the ability to deliver that Tamiflu uh, prescription, and you know, it could be by drone one day, but it could also just be by someone in a car. Um, to deliver that to you within a couple of hours because Amazon already knows how to do that. We could diagnose, um, we could choose a treatment, uh, get a prescription uh, to a pharmacy, uh, and then have that pharmacy delivered, uh, that, that prescription delivered to the individual without that person ever leaving their home um, and infecting a single person. And that, that is absolutely a nirvana scenario and that scenario could happen today. Now, we're, we're not necessarily seeing the results of it yet, but we know that there's a lot of executives of some very incredible companies out there who are major players in this complex ecosystem who are having conversations now that they weren't having before because of the announcements that we're looking at here. When we come back, Robbie and Ann will explain why their companies want to partner with the joint venture and what we can expect to see in 2019. This GeekWire podcast is brought to you by Primera Blue Cross. I have a particular quote uh, that I like to say. I work in healthcare during the day, and then I go home to the 21st century. That's Torben Nielsen, Primera's Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Investments. And I think that just really exemplifies, uh, you know, the healthcare is way behind, right? We are probably the only industry that still subsidizes fax machine manufacturers. No other industry actually uses faxes. It's very hard for a health plan to be taking risk because if you think about it, health plans is all about mitigating risk. And so it really requires a very conscious effort and great support from uh, executives to launch uh, initiatives that actually are taking risk and where you may not know where you end up. There's a lot of unknowns as you innovate and having that support at Primera has just been uh, key to us and what we're trying to do. Learn more about technology and innovation at Primera Blue Cross at Primera.com innovation. That's P-R-E-M-E-R-A dot com slash innovation. Welcome back to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. We're here with Robbie Cape from 98.6 and Ann Weiler from Wellpepper. We've been talking about new developments in Haven, the healthcare joint venture from Amazon, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Berkshire Hathaway. So, Robbie, you, you mentioned potentially wanting to partner with them and, and this idea that they could be a great consumer and a great collaborator. The company has said since very early stages that they wanted to be free from profit-making incentives and constraints. Do you, do you see them as a, a customer or are they a competitor? Are they a little bit of both? And who should be excited in the healthcare space and who should be really worried right now? I view them as uh, a potential partner. Um, I also view their their work as um, potentially enabling us to partner with other companies as well. The more innovation that's happening in the industry, the more willing the major players are in the ecosystem to do that which is has only been imagined in the past, like to do things that are truly forward-looking, that is only goodness. 
for young companies that are that that are trying to be sort of the tip of the spear of that innovation. I mean, it's only goodness. Everyone ends up being driven to try to move faster. Now, that being said, um, I think there likely will be uh, some element of you know what I would refer to as disruption, where uh, there could end up being some losers. I don't think there need to be losers. But I think there could be losers if current if some of the current members of the ecosystem don't innovate, don't look forward. For us, they could be um, a great source of drive, I think, as Robbie said, to work with others. We have a platform for interactive care plans for for patients. We mostly sell to providers. But if we could have the employers saying to the providers, I want you to use this with my employees, that would be huge. And, you know, when you come, when, when Starter comes out and says there's a bunch of point solutions out there for, you know, different patient interventions, I want to know why and I want to know if that could be different. Like if I could have if I could quote him saying I want one solution that I can use for all my patients, which is is really the right way to go. I think that would be an absolutely tremendous boon for us. And I think we're looking at them as thought leaders who can both push the industry in the way that they have just by existing, because people are afraid. But second, if they really dig into these problems, and they do it with the kind of rigor and analysis that they apply, that, you know, each of one of those individual companies applies to their business, they could come up with some very creative solutions. And it, it you know, rising tide floats all boats, I think they could help everybody quite a lot. They've said that they don't have any products right now, but they also hint that, you know, Warren Buffett said in an interview last year, our goal isn't just to, you know, to develop all this stuff and keep it for ourselves. We ultimately want to come up with some solutions we can make available to other people. So what might that look like? They don't really seem like a product company the way they've evolved today. So if they come up with best practices and guidelines and then they say to payers and providers and even companies like ours that this is how you're going to interact with me and my employees, that could be interesting, but it has no teeth. So I don't know. I mean, then then you look at it like, you know, I'm also trying to figure out what is all the people at Amazon who are working in healthcare, how do they relate to this? Because I don't know that, well, JP Morgan must have actuaries and people doing various types of analysis, but they are not a product company. Berkshire Hathaway is not really a product company. So if they're looking for people to build things that become a product, how does that relate to this new venture and, and how does that relate to Amazon? In, in the initial announcement, um, I, 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 I saw them say that they wanted to be um, having an impact much more broadly than across their three companies, um, which makes total sense. Um, I didn't see them at the time, and again, I am purely speculating, as a product company per se. I, it, it just that wasn't what rung out to me. And in fact, in reviewing um, some of this testimony, that was reasserted several times. I don't see that being 
the area where they're going to um, have the sort of impact that that I expect they they can have. And and I believe that for the foreseeable future, because even their job to to have impact on these million employees on the you know, you know north of a million employees will keep them very, very busy uh, for quite some time. I think they will innovate. There's no question. They absolutely are going to innovate. That doesn't mean they have to produce products. Um, and and that innovation they do is going to reverberate through the healthcare ecosystem. I believe that will happen much faster than anyone is imagining. Um, they just they don't have to build products to to have that impact. Obviously, there's so much that we don't know. Uh, one of the things we do know is who they've hired so far. Uh, we have a number of um, executives have been announced. So obviously, Dr. Atul Gawande, who's the CEO, uh, well-known author, has talked a lot about inefficiencies in the health marketplace. He's also a Harvard uh, Medical School professor. Uh, Jack Stoddard, who, whose testimony is informing this whole thing, he's the COO. He's formerly of Comcast, where he worked on digital health. Um, he was also a member of the founding team of Accolade. Um, and we we have Serkan Kutan, who's um, CTO, most recently uh, uh, Chief Technology Officer at ZocDoc. And finally, uh, Dana Gelb-Safran, who's head of measurement at the, at the new venture. And she pr- uh, previously did a, was in a similar role, Chief Performance Measurement and Improvement Officer at Blue Cross Blue Shield in Massachusetts. Is there anything about this combination of ex- executives that, that points you to be like, oh, I, I think I now understand what they're looking to do? Or is this just a, a random sampling? Of the of kind of the the upper echelon of the healthcare industry. Well, uh, like like I said before, when they when they named Atul Gawande as the the CEO, that's where I said, oh, this is a this is a think tank. Um, but when they brought in Jack Stoddard, then I was like, okay, now they've got an operator with industry experience and with experience shipping products, and then he also has been around the industry long enough to know where all of the the pitfalls, potential pitfalls are. But I was actually surprised because I believe that um, Dana, the head of measurement, came on pretty early. That one I was a little confused about. Oh, like, okay, well, this isn't, is this an actuary? What What's actually happening there? Um, certainly it doesn't hurt to have people with DNA from, you know, like Sirkin having DNA from Amazon previously. Th- those kinds of things are very helpful in coalescing a a new organization. It's very interesting uh, to see that at least all the hires that they're putting uh, front and center um, are very much healthcare ecosystem um, hires, which is incredibly important, right? Because the three companies that have produced this JV arguably um, know nothing about healthcare now, of course, that's not true. Of course, they know an enormous amount about healthcare. Uh, they've been paying the bills for north of a million people for many, many years, and they analyze those healthcare expenses about as deeply as anyone does because it, it represents such a major, major impact for their P and L. I worry that they might be over-indexing on 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 sort of. Uh, you know, uh, dealing with the objection that they know nothing about healthcare, um, and 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 that 
like I I wish there were some people who were on that senior executive team uh, who who represented the frame of mind of a Jeff Bezos as exa- as an example, you know, um, someone who who you know spent their life thinking ten years or twenty years or thirty years ahead rather than thinking about how we fix the problem that we're faced with today or yesterday or last week. So thinking about, you know, these partnerships that the joint venture has said it wants to create, would your companies want to partner with them? And and if so, what what would that look like? Absolutely. Um, I think Robbie talked about the experiments. We we don't need to do experiments, but we'd be happy to do them with them. Um, I say we don't need to because we we have clinical validation from partners at Boston University and Harvard that our software improves patient outcomes. Um, but you know we've got patient-facing care plans and experiences for chronic disease management, for recovering from surgery, and we know that people will self-manage on them and get better outcomes. And any employer should should want that. And so we would absolutely love to to look at what are the, the biggest areas for those companies that we could help them in. Is it managing a chronic disease? Is it having better outcomes from surgical scenarios? Things like that. I don't know if you saw this in some of the, the notes from the testimony, but um, Jack started was talking about the number of point solutions in healthcare, um, which is something that bothers us as well. Um, there can be a single platform that delivers things to patients that they can follow along and and really manage any type of health condition. So I would love to talk to him about about that because you know that is something that that we very strongly believe in and deliver on. With ninety eight point six, it the the fit is practically perfect. Um, primary care is one of their pillars, and ninety eight point six is all about primary care. You know they. Their core belief that uh, we need to be leveraging primary care more um, and that our system is going in the wrong direction is right in line with exactly the problem we're trying to solve. You know, we both agree that we're sitting in a primary care crisis in America. Uh, we, We believe that a technology service can be the primary care provider for an individual, accessible to the individual no matter where they are. They could be at home. They could be standing in line at a grocery store. They could be literally anywhere um, at a ridiculously low price. I know that they have a perspective that uh, I think it was quoted in, in the material. They've, they've quoted that primary care is critical. Uh, they've also quoted that uh, physicians need to be able to spend more time, not less. Um, and, you know, our perspective is that physicians need to spend the right amount of time focused on the right set of tasks. Um, in particular, physicians need to spend their time diagnosing and treating patients, that that is the most critical thing, and that primary care needs to be at the fingertips of patients. In other words, it has to be available to them everywhere, and it has to be free uh, to prevent them from turning to Google for their primary care. So what needs to happen in 2019 for these companies to keep the momentum that they've built going and start to, to grow this thing into something that, that's real and not just speculative? Well, you know, I'm incredibly excited to see 
them make progress on these partnerships uh, and these tests. You know, they specifically called them out in the testimony. Um, I, I, I happen to believe it's exactly the right approach. You know, they need to be uh, testing and iterating. Uh, at 98.6, we call it relentless improvement. Um, in, in the tech industry, uh, we often refer to crawl, walk, run. And I'm, I can't wait to see them start crawling because, you know, until they crawl, i.e. they actually start doing some stuff, pick some partners, run some tests, start gathering some data, it's going to be very hard for them to get to where they want to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a big believer in product development in the wild as opposed to product development in the lab. Right now, they're very much in the lab. You got to get out into the wild. You got to run tests. They have an amazing lab, right? Their employees are all available in their lab. They can sign up, you know, 10,000 employees on some given test that they want to run in about five minutes. I mean, that in of itself is an incredible asset. Most young companies don't have that. The problem is that it's it's going to be hard for them, you know, given the breadth of their scope. There's so much that they could do. Uh, there's at least a hundred tests that they could run, and yet in 2019, if they're amazingly successful, they'll run five, <laughs> right? And so, how are they going to choose? Yeah, I agree, and also putting a stake in the ground, although the problem with that is as soon as they put one stake in the ground, they run five tests, um, say this is the problem we're going to solve, then everybody will look at those the five things as like, well, that's what they're doing. Okay. Even though what they've said they're looking at is extremely broad. But yeah, to, for something to be real, you have to do something in one of these four areas, health insurance, pharmacy, primary care. Um, what I What I'm really curious about is like, are they going to do something? You talked about, you know, they can get 10,000 employees like that, but they they have kind of a heterogeneous employee group. And so, like, is there, the, is there one thing that they're all struggling with managing the costs on or managing the care on? Yes, the, you know, the commonality is that the three CEOs were fed up and thought they could do better, but what's the commonality across the employees or does there need to be one? And, and that, you know, those kinds of things would be also even interesting if they said, you know what, we figured out that the top thing that we're all struggling with is these things. Like, not the, the things they've said so far are very broad that everybody's struggling with, but like, what are the top healthcare problems among their employee base? Well, Robbie and Ann, thanks so much for joining us this week on the GeekWire Health Tech podcast. I hope to have you both in again soon. Thank you. It's Thank you. Great fun. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Health Tech. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app or tell a friend or colleague about the show. See more episodes at geekwire.com slash health tech and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This episode of Health Tech was produced by Todd Bishop and myself, James Thorne. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 3, Premira Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at premira.com slash innovation. 
To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com and sign up for our podcast newsletter to hear all of our shows. I'm reporter James Thorne. Thanks for listening to Health Tech.